listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Oh! He knocked the headgear off him. This is Welcome to the Footy Talk Podcast on Listener. Tony Squires and Ryan Girdler in for this Saturday. Now coming up, we'll get Gerds' thoughts on the New South Wales injury crisis. Who replaces Nathan Cleary? Who replaces Happy Corusauer? And will Latrell Mitchell play? And we'll review a massive Friday night of footy. That and so much more on the Footy Talk Podcast on Listener. Welcome to the Footy Talk Podcast on Listener. Tony Squires and Ryan Girdley in for this Saturday. Goods, how are you going, Hey, Tony. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. How's your week been? Great time of year. Yeah, it is a great time. I mean, there's so much going on. Obviously, the footy is massive. And then there's, you know, the World Test Championship going on. Yeah. And I know know how much you love your cricket. I I love my cricket, Mm. yeah. A little couple of LBWs, caught behinds. Was was it a bitter and twisted thing from when you were a kid and you (laughs) played cricket? What happened? I I had one bad cricket experience. Mm. And that was kind of it. And I lived on the coast, so I, summer was about the beach, beach. for me. But, um, yeah, I, I remember they put me in. I was playing a, a game at school just because my mates were playing. And they, yeah. and I think they put me in at, um, like, nine or something. Oh. And I lasted two balls. I hit it. The first one, um, I hit to an outfielder who dropped it. The second one, I hit to the same outfielder and he caught it. And that was <laughs> the whole extent of my cricketing career. So uh, I only had one shot. It was uh, like... It was like just like a straight drive, but I don't know. It was the easiest shot. You know, the big hit yes. and the big slog. The hoik. The, uh, the same guy got it twice. He caught me the second time, and I thought, that's enough for me. Uh, I love it. So that's the classic, yeah. isn't it? The classic Ryan Girdler, competitive man. If you can't be the best the first time, you just go, <laughs> nah, nah, another game. Different I just game. standing around for long periods like yes. that tone, just was, it just wasn't my thing. No, you, well, your little calves honest. wouldn't take it, would they? No, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> Lower leg fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> I invented it. Has it been up there with the... Uh, uh, post the origin for you. Obviously, as a Blues legend, wandering around Queensland, how have they uh, taken to you? Well, the good thing is where I live, Tony, most people are from Victoria or Sydney, yes. so <laughs> it's it's okay. Um, but, yeah, lot, like, lots of excitement. You yeah. know, they... It's all about the story, isn't it? You know, yeah. origin and, and, and Queensland and how they connect, how that collective energy always just seems to form this bond between the playing group and the community and... Yeah, they thrive this time of year. They're loving it. They can't wait for game two. Well, I guess at the moment they've got some pretty good news when you look across the border at what's going on in New South Wales with, with injuries. Freddie's just got a bit of a nightmare going on before he selects on Monday. There's players that are still putting their hand up, people like Cody Walker, who's pulled out of, the, uh, of today's Dragons game with that quad injury. Yeah. Uh, but coach says, you know, maybe uh, okay. Latrell, obviously the calf injury from the last uh, training session with New South Wales last time around. Again, do you wait for them? And then Appy Corusau now with the broken jaw. Well, let, let's start there. That's the most uh, recent of the disasters. Uh, yeah. I, I, I guess in terms of the footy side of that, Tino from uh, Queensland has copped no, not even a fine. So he's found to be completely blameless. Yeah, I find that really hard to believe, Tony. Yeah. I, I really do. Um, you know, it's the second incident in consecutive weeks that Tino has, has been brought in, put on report um, for the exactly the same incident. The, the You know, last week it was with Reed Marnie, knocked him clean out uh, by raising the bumper bars on contact to a, a, a smaller man. Got a, I think it was a $2,000 fine. So, that you know, there's the sanction there. So, comes out the week after and does exactly the same thing. But this time breaks a guy's jaw in two places mm-hmm. 
and gets a slap on the wrist. It, wrist. If, if he didn't do anything wrong last week against Reed Marnie, don't fine him, yeah, but then don't fine him and sanction him as a deterrent and then watch him come out and do exactly the same thing but for a worse outcome for the player and we talk about, you know, welfare of the playing group and duty of care, you've got a forearm going into the jaw of an opponent regardless of who he plays for or, you know, what he had coming up mm-hmm. who leaves the field with a, a broken jaw in two places and you say that there's no case to answer. Can you explain that to me, Tony, please? No, I can't. And the other mm. thing that I've found interesting in terms of its defence is this idea that because his forearms were vertical rather than horizontal. They're softer, are they? they, Yeah, well, exactly. They still hit the forearm. The forearm still hit him in the head. And look, I guess there's deeper arguments about whether Apicorosau got his head in the wrong place. And that that does happen and can happen. Yeah. But there seemed to be some some force delivered, whether it be with a vertical or a uh, a horizontal forearm. It's all timing, Tony. Yeah. It's all timing for these guys. And and they know what they're doing, Mm. you know, and, and... he needs to get it out of his game. And there's only one way to get it out of his game. There's a lot of other six foot four, six foot five guys, 110 kilos going out there, not doing that sort of damage on a weekly basis. And we've seen the damage that he does with his shoulders. It was evident on the weekend. He, play, he was fantastic in their win. Yep. But this is part of his game uh, that if the league don't rub out, there's going to be more players doing it and, and more players being injured uh, on the back of it, and I, they had an opportunity, you know. And it, I know it's 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 a big game; it's game two, and it's the state of origin. But they had an opportunity. I thought the match review committee to make a stand and say we're not going to accept that, um, and they missed it. Yeah. And I can't believe it. Yeah, because the whole mantra has been protect the head, protect the head uh, all year within in every other situation. All right, uh, so Appy goes out in terms of the Blues situation. That's the easiest piece of the puzzle really, isn't it? Damien Cook walks straight in there. I guess the question is, yeah. is he is uh, an 80-minute player? So that will probably be the way that goes. Yeah, I'm not – yeah, I think for New South Wales it's it's a little – you know, we need to park the hysteria a little bit, Tone, because mm-hmm. of all the injuries. Um and there's a lot of discussion about who could potentially come in. But, you know, I, I just get the feeling that at times like this, you need to look within. You need to go to the people that have been on the journey and the people that have been in camp over the last couple of years and the relationships that have been formed off the field and also on the field. I think the, the worst thing you could do before a game too, um, when you need a result, is to bring a lot of people from the outside in and try and integrate them into the group. So obviously, you know, Nico go, for mine just goes into seven. Yep. I think we need to look at um, the, the things we did really well um, in Adelaide and not so much the things we need to improve because what I thought we did well and what it looked like from ground level was, you know, we dominated the middle. I think we made f- almost 500 more metres through the middle of the field than Queensland did. We didn't take our moments, I get that. And on the back of that momentum, I think that we played out the back of shape and went back into the way that Penrith play a little bit. And I just reckon, you know, this time, if, if we've got that same attitude, we, we pick a similar forward pack uh, and we can dominate the middle. I know it's going to be a little bit harder at, um, at Suncorp, but then just pick running players that are just going to flood that middle of the field and take advantage of, of the work that's been done by the, the forwards and our outside five who are, you know, outstanding, bring the ball out of their own end in Adelaide. So for me, yeah, Cookie will come in. I, I'd think it, um, I think one of the other things was with Appy playing such long minutes, you know, on the back of that momentum, he wasn't always able to take advantage of it because of fatigue. He'd done a lot of defensive work and, he, you know, it's a different level origin. So 
maybe potentially bring like a guy like Robson in onto the bench um, that can play in the middle, that, but that can also obviously play dummy half at a time. He's robust. He's going to love yeah. that sort of – that environment because that's the kind of player that he is. So I'd look at him and then, yeah, Luai keeps his position there. I, you, obviously, you, you pick Luttrell if he's available. Um, and you sell – and the more importantly, Tone, it's not really about who comes in. It's about selling the story. And I think that's what Queensland do better than us. And I think this is our opportunity from New South Wales to bring everyone together in a situation where we're not expected to win with lots of injuries to key players. And it's up to Freddie and the, and the coaching staff to sell the story to the guys coming in. And, and, and go to a guy like Nico Hines who's been waiting for this opportunity his whole life. And he's been sitting behind Nathan Clear and he's worked his way into this situation now where he sounds like he's got the mentality of a guy that wants to take a side against the odds and get a result, you know, in a, in a foreign stadium. He sounds yep. like that guy to me. Yep. So you can't take that opportunity off him. You've got to give him that opportunity. And I mean, what a storyline that is. Absolutely. And then getting everyone, you know, collectively to buy into the, to, to this situation, to this opportunity is an exciting one for New South Wales. And I think that's the way that they they need to see it. There's really not a lot of pressure on us coming up here, Tone. Yeah. For the first time in maybe 15 years, even though Queensland have had the best origin time, the team of all of all time, and, and won eight series in a row there at one point, we'd still go into the series as favourites. Yeah, you know, ridiculous, ridiculous. So, I, I mean, this is an opportunity for us just to come together as a state and as a team and with our collective energy... Um, do something that's going to be remembered for a long period of time, and I'm excited by that. Oh, you inspired me. I, tell you, I love that. Sell the story and park the hysteria. I love that. Don't panic. Don't panic. Which is what we have done, <laughs> you're right, over the years yeah. in previous incarnations. All right, just quickly flipping it to the Maroon side of the equation, there are the reports that Jeremiah Nanai, uh, a young superstar who hasn't had the best of seasons so far, that he will walk straight back in in the Tommy Gilbert Guernsey. Yeah, they've got plenty of options, Tone, and I really and, – and he hasn't been in great touch this year. Um, but, you know, he, he played really well for the Cowboys last week. Uh, they seem to be turning their season around. Um, look, I, I really hope they don't pick Kafusi, and I hope they don't pick Catewell. From a New South Wales perspective, they're the yeah. guys that are up at Suncorp when your back's against the wall that I don't want to be playing against. And, and Nanai is very skillful and he can bring, you know, that sort of attacking edge, but probably doesn't have um, – you know, that, that, that same sort of um, physical presence, presence as some of those yep. other guys. Yeah. So I think from a New South Wales perspective, um, they can't go wrong, can they, Queensland? No, They've got no, a talent exactly. pool we've spoken about yeah. uh, that's very deep and they're in a very fortunate position, but... You know, yeah. if they go with him, I, I would be happy. Yeah, you don't want Felice's or elbows and knees. <laughs> All right. uh, okay, there's your, there, there's your state of origin. Let's have a look uh, at last night, though. Manly, this is huge. The Dolphins' performance was 58-16 was the, the final score. And some terrific performances from Manly and Tommy Turbo. Uh, Freddie will be happy to see played a terrific game of, uh, of football. But, yep. look, maybe they're, they're a little bit Tommy tired. I'm not sure, sure but that was kind Tommy of... Tommy tired. <laughs> yes. I'm talking about the Dolphins. <laughs> okay. Because that's that was the yeah. opposite of a Wayne Bennett performance, wasn't it? In terms of you know digging in, doing all the simple things, all the just the effort areas, all those cliches. Yeah. That's what didn't happen. There was some defence there that I'm I'm sorry, yeah. but I would almost have made those tackles. 
Yeah, just the resilience and just competing on every play, the things they've built their season on tone. But you spoke about a couple of guys, Tommy Gilbert and Felice Kafusi, that aren't there. And yep. I think they're the guys um, that hold people accountable. They're the guys that sort of put down the line in the sand for what's acceptable at that club. They've still got some other senior players there with the Bromwich boys. But, um, yeah, those guys on the edge, especially defensive, I think they hold a lot of sway with uh, the performance on a weekly basis for uh, the Dolphins. But, um, you know, th their depth was always going to be tested at, at different times. And now they've got injuries and they've got guys coming back from origin. But I think it'll just be – and it's there's some young guys there in their first or second season um, that have had a great start to the year that are now finding it hard just to get up continuously on a weekly basis at NRL level. So yep. all those things that, you know, Wayne needs to overcome, it was out of character. But, you know, they're four they're – four, or what are they, two, four wins out of the, uh, off the top of the table. They're on 16 points or whatever it may be. So mm. they're not far away. Um, they're going to need to start getting some troops back. I think they've got the bye next week. So, look, you can't put a, a, red, a red marker through them at this point. Um, but after the last two losses, there needs to be an adjustment. Yeah. Ruben Garrick didn't mind the move to the centre. He's been wanting to play a lot more centre and he uh, got the opportunity, 30 points, if you don't mind, three tries and like nine or ten goals or whatever it was. Great performance from him. In fact, the, the Manly were good. Let's let's face it, they were yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, flat and fast. That's how Manly play best. And, yeah. and Croker had a dummy half and on the back of their big forwards just rolling through, but a, a, a non-committed Dolphin side and, you know, that just ignites DCE and Tommy comes into play and he's now back with a fair bit of confidence and that brings the edges alive and they're a great team to watch when they play like that. Yeah. They really are. I'm going to admit it, I had a little bit of a tear in my eye when Jared Croker ran onto the park in Canberra for his 300th game. All of that stuff, all of the uh, alleged controversy of the week before about whether he, you know, about resting him so that this game could be played at home in front of this community and the city that has embraced the the, uh, the footy team over all those years. Yeah. And didn't amount to a hill of beans because it was exactly what should have happened. That was where it was supposed to happen. What wasn't supposed to happen was that the Warriors came out and absolutely pumped them. Unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, like, and they started like that. It was an occasion, wasn't yeah. it, for the Raiders? And so their good. first 20 minutes was unbelievable. Um, but you just have to say that the Warriors went out there and knew that they needed to absorb for the first 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, and they were able to do that. And look, the Canberra's edge attack is, is has, you know, hasn't been for the last few years uh, sort of, you know, as potent as some of the other teams in the competition, as a South or a Penrith on the edges. But... Um, yeah, they keep going, you know, through the middle with Papali'i and um, uh, and Horsburgh, and then yeah. they go to the edge. And the Warriors, even though they had one guy in Dubu, would just find a way to get bodies there. Um, and they did all those little things right. They were really patient, and that's such a good thing because you know they're two points off um, the top of the table now. The Warriors yeah. and games like that, like preparing for a game like that. It, you know, a, mon a milestone game against um, such a respected player in the competition, that prepares you for finals football, that sort of stuff. So yeah. you go down there and you know that there's that occasion and you know that, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to be meet with, you know, a hostile environment there. It's cold. And then they've they got so much to play for. So um, they took a big step, I thought, yesterday, the Warriors. It was a great win the week before against the Dolphins. But to back that up down there, the way that they did with that defensive effort and then just open up and start scoring tries the way that they have. I mean, the way that they play through the middle, the the uh, creative nounce of, um, of Egan, the combination with Tohu Harris, you know, if he's not up there yeah. with Cameron Murray and Isaiah Yeo um, in, in, you know, the best 13s in the game, 
Um, well, I'm a really bad judge. And then there's, you know, Chance has come back and played against he his old brilliant. club and his form this year has just been exceptional. They did it. I think they had two guys in sin bins at different times and then there's Sean Johnson. And you know what I'm loving about Sean Johnson this year, Tone, is... Um, you know, as you get a little bit older at the back end of your career, you know, that physical part of the game becomes really difficult. Mm. That's what he's got right at the moment. So there's tries and there's try assists and he's kicking and all that thing that he's always done has been sensational. But but his defence, he's up in the face of the opposition. He's taking on the line. He's getting knocked about. He broke his nose last night. But, wow, what a performance yeah. by him. And he's just enjoying his footy. And it's so good to see. So good. And a special mention to uh, Dallin Watini as the Lesniak for the yeah, catch and put down. How, what a uh, try. That was ridiculous. That was like it, was, it didn't happen. Could not possibly have happened, but did. He wasn't even in the picture. No. And I thought, gee, that's way too yes. big. That's, that kick from Johnson's gone into the second row of the grandstand. And all of a sudden, you know, this guy with long flowing locks just comes from nowhere. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, well, he might catch it, but he won't be able to get it down. He's going to land in the grandstand. Oh. That was incredible. What an effort. Uh, what, a, what a couple of oh, – he's had a great season. He's always been yeah. a great player, Dallin. But, yeah, he's just found his home there on the wing and um, he's doing wonderful things. Yeah, absolutely awesome. Uh, all right, well, there is last night you listening to the – Footy Talk podcast on Listener. When we come back, we'll preview a massive Super Saturday. You're listening to the Footy Talk podcast on Listener. Tony Squires and Ryan Girdler with you as we shift into Super Saturday. Have a look at the games ahead. Uh, well, one brilliant game, uh, Roosters and Panthers later on. But first up, up will be the Dragons and the Rabbitohs. Great history over the years with these two clubs. Uh, Rabbitohs, a bit of an uh, injury toll there for them. Does the, Do the Dragons get anywhere near their girds? Oh, Tony, mm. I think they do. Uh-oh. I, I thought they were brave last week. The Dragons against the Panthers, Penrith. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were. I thought there were some nice moments. And if you take Arrow, Murray, Latrell, and Walker, Walker. Mm-hmm. out of a footy side, gee, it's it's going to leave some big holes. And I'm just not sure they're ready to fill those yet. The Rabbits, and um, you know, they had a, a good second half against the Titans last week. But um, I just think the Dragons down there at Jubilee should be a good crowd turning out Saturday afternoon footy. Um, I think they might um, spring an upset. It was, it was about this time last year, I think, that the uh, the Dragons were 30 points up on South Sydney at halftime yeah. and Lachlan Ilias got the hook yep. uh, later in that game. So, yeah, look, it has happened. Could it happen again? What about the uh, the Broncos and the uh, the Knights? Knights obviously have been struggling. Broncos riding high. But I guess that Cullen Ponga, uh, Reese Walsh uh, duo, that will be interesting to watch. Yeah, well, that that's the talking point of the whole afternoon, yep. isn't it? Be good. The weather's good, so it'll be a nice, fast, flat track. And um, you know, the Knights coming off a pretty good win against against Manly, and then off the bye, so they'll be coming in sort of up and about and refreshed. And the Broncos, well, it was always going to be a difficult Origin period for the Broncos with the amount of players that they have involved. But they've won their last two games, which is huge, and they've done it really well. They there was a great win against uh, the Warriors a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, without their without their stars, and then their stars come back and they put in a brilliant performance all based around defence um, against the Sharks last week. So I think the Broncos, um, they'll, they'll be too good this afternoon, I think, up there, especially um, if they can go in with the right mentality. And I think that's the danger today for Brisbane. Origin around the corner, lots of players involved. Um, 
you don't want to get complacent, don't want to turn up and just think they need to go through the the, yep. the motions because if they do that, well, you know, the Knights could find a way into the contest. But if the Broncos turn up with the right attitude, Tone, yep. have to be too good. All right, just quickly, Allianz Stadium tonight, the Roosters and the Panthers, obviously uh, Penrith without Nathan Cleary. Roosters had a win last week. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I was really impressed with young Jack Cogger and the way that he went about his business uh, when Nathan went off last week. So he comes in, and um, I think that'll be a pretty a pretty tight game. Still far from their best, the Roosters. It was a sloppy win against the, the Bulldogs, but they probably get a little bit of confidence out of that. Some guys like uh, Tedesco, you know, hit some good form. I'm still not convinced on the Manu thing at six. I just don't think he's having the same sort of impact he has just that little bit wider. Um, I think that'll be a really tight game, but, yeah, I think my boys will find a way, Tone. I, I think, think they'll just, probably, um, yeah. Yeah, probably right. Okay, Ryan Girdler, quickly, the uh, Super Saturday Bowl prediction. Mine is the Dragons will lose by less than 10 points. Well, mine is um, Dragons to win, Sloan <laughs> two tries. That is bold. That's as bold as it gets, that Tone. That is genuinely <laughs> bold. I love it. That's all for the Saturday edition of the Footy Talk podcast. I'm listener, Jimmy Graham, Ben Dobbin, back with you uh, tomorrow.